Welcome to Geek Girl Soup. I'm Susan. I'm Kelly. I'm Court. And today it's Seven Up Day, or Up Series Day, or whatever. <laughs> it's it's been a fun week. Kelly, I saw you in person. <gasps> yes, you did. Oh my gosh, that was yes. fun. It was. It was. We had a nice distanced coffee and yes. <laughs> you know. Sure outdoors <laughs> and it was gorgeous weather wasn't it yes oh my gosh and i saw that uh where you are supposed to get up to 90 on thursday so that's uh, fun i see thanks for checking my weather i had no idea <laughs> <laughs> yep i'd look to wow. see how lucky we were over the weekend because that was proper spring and chilly at night that mm-hmm. was awesome yeah yeah well, it's summer this week. <laughs> yep. Jeez. Yep. As uh, usual. So, Court, have you done anything fun since we last spoke? Not necessarily fun. Like, I was off most of last week, um, and I, I took time off. Like, mm-hmm. I actually got a chance to kind of relax a little bit, work out in the garden, um, weather permitting. Like, it, at first, it felt like... Uh, Spring came and then it got snatched away and then it came back so that was great and i watched godzilla and um oh, yeah. kong like eight times so that was oh, great. Yeah. I, only, I only watched it once and yeah Me it too. was fun <laughs> yeah. i watched it last night mm-hmm. yeah it was fun yeah oh, apparently you really really series. liked it <laughs> I did. I mean, it was just good, mindless fun. Um, yeah. And I hated the humans. Like they, they made me feel how I feel about humans in horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was cool to see uh, Damien Bashir, Alexander mm-hmm. Skarsgård. You know, Vampire your Bill. Coach, uh, what's his name? Kyle so, Chandler. Kyle? Yeah, yes. Kyle Chandler. Yes. <laughs> coach. coach Taylor. Yes. Like, we were just talking about you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, Kong's isolation beard. Since he was on the island for so long, just, just hanging out. It's like his beard is all long and unruly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his own sort of pandemic beard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I wonder if they adjusted that, you know, at all. Hmm to um reflect that'd be funny yeah make them more relatable yes (laughs) yes (laughs) and what was your favorite scene court um i liked when godzilla like lit up the axe for him like you should have seen watching an actual boxing or wrestling match and i was like yeah go get him and I was what, I was on this side I was like I said I was team Godzilla but of course they made me love Kong too and I just wanted them both to win and then I was so happy when another bad guy came so like a team up against him I, yeah. I had so much fun I loved it <laughs> oh um when the little girl everything with the little girl in Kong was the best yeah, yeah. like home was like, oh. that yeah. was great that was very sweet Mm-hmm. And you were starting to tell us about another series you watched. Yeah, um, like with Pure Fandom, like my editor, she sent out an email and asked if anybody was up to do Kung Fu. Um, and of course, a C- C- CW is offshoot of CBS. And I was just thinking about this the other day. I was like, 
why are we getting all these reboots? We got Walker, Texas Rangers being reboot, rebooted, and some other things have been rebooted. And I was like, Kung Fu again. But I am so happy with this reboot because I remember as a kid being kind of upset because I saw um, Kung Fu The Legend Continues. I didn't watch a 70s version with David Carradine. I watched when he came back and he had his son and he was doing things. I like, I was watching it. It was this white dude who was dressed up in the Shaolin outfit and he was doing Kung Fu. I was like, where are all the Asian people? I don't understand. What's going on? He was doing the white savior thing. So this time around, um, we have an actual Asian American family that it follows, um, takes place in San Francisco and like a lot of their troubles that's going on. Um, I don't know. They haven't, I've only seen the pilot, so I can't really say details. Yeah. I've, I've seen the first screener I, it's, it's amazing the fight cool. scenes are awesome and I was like Kelly is gonna love this so much because I like you love these kinds of movies you love like the fight scenes and everything yeah and like the 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 family like dynamics are great too a lot of the a lot of character actors that we've seen in many things over the years um like they're in this so cool. I'm excited and they're not side characters like this is their show so I want everybody cool. to support it as much as possible because as we know, they don't get to shine a lot. So let's let them shine. I started watching, um, so it's called Worn Stories on mm. Netflix about cool. um, clothing or, you know, cert- there are certain articles of clothing that are iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's the second episode they talked to the guy who was a saxophonist back in the 80s, he wore a cod piece that Tina Turner gave it to him. And, it, mm-hmm. and ever since then, he, he was known as the sexy saxophonist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you'll you'll recognize him when you see him. <laughs> so. Is he the one that used to play with Tina Turner, the yes. white guy with the long hair? Yes. Okay. Yes. He was, he was in her band and... Yeah. I still want to watch uh, that documentary about her, Tina, oh, yeah, yeah. on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, haven't seen that yet. Yeah, but I've heard it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on the list. <laughs> There's yeah. so much, so much. <laughs> yeah. The only other thing that I watched this week um, was to prepare for. Uh, guest podcasting on the serious tv drama podcast with scott's countdown of the 20 best tv drama episodes of all time and so we're doing an episode from the leftovers of course i'm not going to tell which one or what place it's in but i'll tell you which episodes i watched i watched only four from season two um a Most Powerful Adversary, Season 2, Episode 7. Episode 8, International Assassin. Episode 10, my favorite, I Live Here Now. And from Season 3, the finale, uh, Book of Nora. So, of course, I was just teary-eyed from the Season 2 finale and the series finale. Just mm-hmm. Not teary-eyed, just crying. So... I'll tell y'all next week when when it's out, which episode and what place it's in. Yeah. So the Screen Actors Guild Awards were last night. I missed them, but I read the winners today. Mm -hmm. Apparently, 
Um, uh, there was a record set um, because of the number of people of color who won the major acting film acting awards. Four people, uh, lead actor, lead actress, supporting actor, supporting actor, actress. They were um, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey, um, uh, Daniel Kaluuya for um, Judas and the Black Messiah. And, um, oh, I'm not seeing it right now. I'm so I'm blanking on her name. Um, uh, Yoon Yoon? Yes, the grandmother. Yeah, Yoo Jung Yoon, the mm-hmm. grandmother from Minari. Watch her acceptance speech, please. She <gasps> is so precious. I love her awesome. so much. Watch her. So pure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, That's I watched great. a little bit of the show, and I really like how they did it. So with, with pre-recorded the... and very short yes yes that's great well that and yeah and all the yeah it's like you know what even after all of this maybe they should continue they should do it that way true i would like pick and choose i did miss the like the outfits like did you see mm. the picture of Alder oh, hodge you saw some of them no i didn't well please go go find this two of them with the whole outfit and then with the arms arms Mm. (laughs) very cool so yeah sounds like it was a good night of course jason sudeikis won again again meaning he's winning all the awards for uh actor in a comedy series Catherine o'hara again for actress in the comedy series Schitt's Creek won for ensemble cast comedy series. The Crown won for drama cast. Trial of the Chicago 7 won drama cast for a movie. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. I love that movie. Yeah. Okay. So looking forward to the Oscars. Yeah. Oh, the BAFTAs, I believe, are this Sunday. Okay. Let's see. Yes, indeed directors guild awards are this saturday yeah dga awards this saturday so i'm looking getting close to being done now did you guys see the skit for uh ted lasso like they had a skit that they did for the the opening yeah (gasps) no i'll have to look that up like like having an additional episode oh my gosh Mm -hmm. yeah that's so cute all right, and Susan, you already voted for the Spirit Awards. I did. Court, Court have, have you? you? Yeah, I did. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I me too. Up. Yeah. yeah, I did the, the day they opened. And then I'm not going to say what I voted for here, but after talking to uh, a buddy here who is a member for the first time this year, I wish I had voted for something else for best feature film oh yeah yeah i should have talked to her before i voted because i i mean i'm happy with what i voted for but i wish i had voted for a different film we can talk about it later i mean i could tell you now but do you want to hear now no yes no i think we can guess what you voted for kelly what did i vote for nomad uiw oh no that oh it's not up 
promising yeah. young woman is not up for best right, well, feature. Then, Nomadland. If, if was that, I, you voted. I did vote for Nomadland, and now I wish I had voted for Ma Rainey. Oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Ma Rainey was just as good, mm-hmm. but Nomadland felt more different. Mm-hmm, so that's definitely. why I voted for that. But the reason I wish now I had voted for Ma Rainey is because it's based on an August Wilson play and August Wilson is from here in Pittsburgh and it was all shot here in Pittsburgh. In fact, the majority of it was shot two blocks away from where I live. So I would have been supporting the city where I've lived for 19 years if I had voted for it. But Chadwick will win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are other categories where you could show your support for the movie. Yeah. And I'm sure you did. So, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. It feels good to have that out of the way, the yes. voting and watching all those, all those films. And now, you know, it's like, okay, let me look at the, the Oscar list and catch up on some of those now. Including, I am going to pay the $20 to watch The Father. It's available on demand. I mean, I don't think it's going to win anything, but it's nominated for so many things. It was nominated for Golden Globes. So you know how I go for completion with the Oscars. And all the short films are available. I'm sure it's available. they're available in lots of places. But they're available mm-hmm. um, to buy, you know, or to buy a ticket for through a local theater here in Pittsburgh. So I'm going to do that. And yeah, I'm going to check the check the spreadsheet, um, the where to watch spreadsheet, because um, okay. yeah, it might have some of those already. Okay. On there. Well, but- if they're not all, then I'm just going to do it through my theater because yeah. this theater is closed. Can- yeah. So they give them thirty them. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah 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 i like i like that that idea too yeah and 30 the bucks for like how many films is that three it, i think it's only 15 films three categories should be like five films so. in each yeah they're showing the short animated short live action and documentary shorts is that okay. is that all there are yeah and i there should be five in each category so you know two bucks to film I, I'd like to get the theater. It's a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, it's too late for the River Oaks Theater here in Houston. Oh, they God, closed. Yeah. Like a week ago. Yeah. 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 This is the Harris Theater in Pittsburgh. It's downtown. It's like the only cinema downtown. And uh, it's, it's tiny. It's uh, one screen, maybe two. And yeah, very, very small. Um, And the organization that owns it has had lots of funding problems over the years, Pittsburgh filmmakers. And they recently changed hands or closed or I don't remember, but yeah, we'll be lucky if the Harris survives. Yeah. All right, like I'm looking at the Oscar nominations and we've pretty much covered all these except for the father and the shorts. So many, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, you know, write done next to the ones I've seen. And uh, the ones I have written down that I need to see, other than the shorts, the father, 
Another Round, which is on Hulu. Oh, I love Better yeah. Days, an international film, which is available to rent. And The Man Who Sold His Skin, an international film, I can't find anywhere. Right. So I just wrote Not Available. Ali, pronounce that last one for, for the Bosnia one. Was that Quo Vadis Aida? Yeah, Quo Vadis Aida. But that's available through Spirit Awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's it's an international film there. Yeah. I hope you didn't vote in that category then. <laughs> it's very good, but I, it's not what I voted for for international because it just didn't feel different to me. It's, it's a theme that has been done a bunch of times before. And uh, while it's gorgeous, it was one of my two favorites mm-hmm. in that category. It just, again, didn't seem different. And that was one of the criteria for one of the criteria uh, for voting. Oh, so, you know, Voodoo had a sale the other night. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like oh, 15 gosh. movies. <laughs> but they were like, buy these three for $14.99, whatever. And like I rented a couple, yeah, I rented a couple too. Like they had Love and Monsters for two dollars and fifty cents rental. That was really cute. I would suggest you guys rent it. I wish I had told you why I still had it, so you could have watched it. It was so cute. Have you seen it, Kelly? Love and Monsters. Oh my god. It was. It was. It wasn't even silly. It was. It was cute. Cool. Well, let's go on to our our main event here. In 1964, World in Action made seven up, and we've been back to film these children every seven years. The Up series, and this first, it started in 1964. Well, real quick, we all got a trial subscription to BritBox to watch these. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they're all seven through 63 are all on BritBox. Mm-hmm. Plus a little extra film, 7-Up um, mm. and Mean. They talk to celebrity fans okay. of the series. Okay. So the, the premise is they check in on these kids. They started when they were seven years old. Um, the film released in 1964 and check in with them every seven years to ask them a few questions, see what they're up to, mm-hmm. how their lives are progressing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most recent one was in 2019, 63. So, so, and it's been, you know, I don't remember when I first saw one of these films, but yeah, it was really interesting to see their progression i mean maybe it was in the 90s was maybe when i first saw one of these Mm -hmm. like on on pbs you know the only one i had seen before was seven up and uh only reason i remember it exactly was 1992 i was uh getting my teaching certificate uh at a uh, public high school in cambridge mass not in boston cambridge and um, the teacher showed it in his psychobiology class. And I was assisting him in that class. So yeah, we watched okay. it there. Yeah. yeah. 
but I had never seen any of the others until right now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I preferred binging them instead uh, yeah. of waiting every seven years. And yet the bad thing, as you and I discussed before, Susan, was going through those recaps every yeah. time. It's like, yeah. I just watched this. And uh, I mean, it was fine. I understand because most people saw them only every seven years. But what was it? The 28 up was in three parts. And the first part was only from seven up. So when I realized that, I'm like, skip, nope. (laughs) I just watched 21 up, Mm -hmm. which had plenty of recap. I don't need this. Yeah. Yeah, so I preferred them when they just showed time. snippets. The snippets were very helpful. You know, mm-hmm. I needed to remember which kid was which. Yeah. But by the time we got to 35, I knew. I remembered what they looked like as a kid. <laughs> I remembered most of their names, but not entirely. Yeah. You know, some of yeah. them I definitely remembered. And there were cut like Peter. I like vaguely remember yeah. what he did and he dropped out for a few years exactly yeah yeah. exactly but like the three boys on the couch john andrew and charles i remember them clearly the three girls and susie Mm -hmm. but those were the only girls in the whole thing yeah Yeah. tony definitely i i love him can't forget yeah he's gonna be a jockey one day can't forget bruce (laughs) and nick i adore nick oh Bruce and Bruce and Simon and Tony like those are the three that kind of fouled all the way through um like I had never seen this before and like Kelly was saying there was a lot of repetition to it and I understood the why of it um like they didn't have like all the rerun reruns that we had they don't have access to streaming like yeah. we do right now so mm-hmm. I, I I get it I got it mm-hmm. it was just a lot and um like a, some of the other kids I I didn't really connect with it was too many of them and I couldn't follow who was who as they were growing up it was just certain people who I that's still Tony he still looks the same he still has that same energy Mm -hmm. yes that's Tony and so I really connected with him and like later like as he was growing up I connected with Bruce because I was like oh Bruce I want him to find love oh he found love he got kids oh yay (laughs) and see now I've forgotten I've forgotten who Simon is um, he he's the only black kid, right? <laughs> oh, duh. okay. Sorry, sorry. I just I forgot his name, but yeah. yes, I liked him. Yeah, yeah. And who was the other kid uh, who knew him from the children's home? It was Paul. Yeah, the one who went to Australia. Yes. Okay. Okay. Australia. Yeah. Okay. And Neil, poor thing. Oh my gosh lost yeah i mean it was cool he got in yes it was cool he got into politics like he had wanted to and uh uh, john never got into politics even though he had mentioned that early on but he turned out to be just fine Mm -hmm. you know he was i thought he was going to be stuck in that haughty smugness but then was it in uh 21 or 35 where we heard him say that his dad had died when he was what like eight and his mother had to struggle to keep him in those schools 
So that was really fascinating mm-hmm. yeah. to learn much later. And then when he married the daughter of the former ambassador uh, Bulgaria, of or two, I forget which, mm-hmm. Bulgaria. And uh, then he did all that charitable work. And I was honestly surprised that he actually went into that hospital with all of the kids and was like right next to them, you know, Mm -hmm. inches away. And like seven and 14 year old uh, John, sorry, I keep saying Charles, I missed Charles. And talk about that in a minute, Susan, talk about him. Um, That John would grow up to do that. So that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Susan, tell us about Charles. Well, apparently he and and Michael Apted the who, who took over the the project starting it uh, when the kids were fourteen. They had some big giant falling out uh, before um, twenty eight, and so he was he has not participated uh, since he was just in seven, 14 and 21, and then um, has refused to participate um, after that. And has also gone so far as to sue the company to have his image taken out. Wow. And um, he's a reporter, was a reporter. No, he's with a, the he's a documentary filmmaker. Documentary filmmaker, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, and, the irony. Yeah. So that's ridiculous. Yeah. And Michael Apted died, you said this January? January, yeah. So just a few months ago. And I, I was also reading some more of this, and it's like, and he was hoping to be filming 84 when he was 99. So, oh, yeah. That's so, so cute. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he's 15 years older than them. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. So, mm-hmm. He was 22 when they were seven. Yeah. Yeah. Precious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do hope that they do a 70 up at least. Yeah. I hope someone does that. I'm very curious. And we'll see if Nick is still alive. Oh, no. Is yeah, he sick sad. right now? Yeah. Or was in 63 up. I mean, that came out in 2019. This is two years later. Mm-hmm. And he said yeah. he was really sick. Yeah, and well, there. I guess there, we could look him up. Yeah. So, spoiler alert: there have not been any updates. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming he's still alive. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember his last name, but we saw it on one of the textbooks. Right. Right. And it, yeah. I, it, it'd be easy to find the Nick up series. Uh, kitchen. <laughs> Hitchin. Hitchin. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember it had an N, I N, in it, but mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Hitchin. Yep. I love him. And I thought it was really interesting how Susie turned out. I was very sad she wasn't in 63. Yeah. Um, I loved her, even though she was bitter at 21. Yeah. I mean, I loved how she rebelled like that, was so cynical about marriage. And then after that, especially like at 56, she was so happy and laid back and she and (laughs) Nick had stayed in touch and they were in some of those scenes together. How Mm -hmm. precious was that? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And then she dropped out for 63. 
oh come on lady i know when she was just saying at 56 how she felt some kind of loyalty to the project yep Yep. yeah i wonder yeah how is it gonna turn out now when with everybody it's like yep is charles gonna come back now that michael's dead (laughs) you know i mean one would (laughs) right one would hope that she would come back for 70 since michael was dead you know, just to kind of wrap it up. Her sense of loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully the others would too. Um, I would like to see John continue to come back. I mean, he is promoting his charity. Mm -hmm. Oh, who's the one who came back to promote his band? What was his name? That was Andrew. No, Andrew is the guy in the middle of the couch. Mm -hmm. No, he's not Um, promoting a band. So this was... Peter. Okay. Yeah, Peter. Okay, Peter. That's yeah. why I didn't remember who he was. Okay. Next friend. But I was yes. Yeah. So that was sweet. Oh, and he's the one who he dropped out after 28 because of the criticism that um, Oh, right. Because of his comment about politics. Yeah. So, yeah, the trolls were strong. Yeah. <laughs> so they've always been so <sighs> and yeah. and that's you know another thing it's like they all seem a little more mellow now mm-hmm. and you know yeah and uh, sure. you know it's like yeah i'll answer that question now it's fine whatever yeah. so <laughs> but yeah it's kind of disappointing to see well also in it with politics um tony's politics yeah yeah Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I still like him, but yeah. 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 I guess, like, we wouldn't be friends in real life, but... I definitely wouldn't be. (laughs) No. I I like him from a distance. Um, I like that his wife has stayed with him, even though it sounds like he cheated on her, probably with more than one woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um... Uh, he and his wife have raised that one granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Tony. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Girl Tony. Mm-hmm. That's cute. And uh, one thing that I saw like would seem to be a pattern among a lot of them is I think part of it has to do with how the British system works, like the social equivalent of the social security system and part of it just must be how the pay works there i don't know but they all were doing well enough financially that they didn't seem to be struggling that much i mean like he was able to afford that vacation home in spain for a while certainly um, the only one who ended up homeless for a while was Neil. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, from my perspective or from the viewer's perspective, seemed to be doing just fine, mm-hmm. yeah. which was and, awesome. And when Neil needed help, it seemed like he could he could get it. It was easy. He yes. got you know the the council apartment and yeah everything got the treatment yeah. he needed and all of yeah. That. 
they don't do that here. No, he would have still been been on the street. Oh, and that system, that, that organization or whatever that helps people find a place to squat. Yes. What? It it wasn't to rent and it wasn't authorized. Mm -mm. Like the owners of that place don't open it up to squatters. It was squatting as in he was there illegally. But there's a group that helps you find a place to squat illegally. I guess they're just and what, that was abandoned the seventies places? too, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Whoa. But pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, and Kelly, there are squatters here too. Oh, sure. Just, but nobody helps them. But oh, okay, I don't know that. It's so mm-hmm. messy. Yes, maybe oh, right. there I've are seen the wire. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there are people here who help people find places to squat. I don't know. It, I would believe that. Um, what, what, what city was that? Echo Park? It, it's not them squatting, but they built up a whole community in Echo yeah. Park. Um, and like there were safety in numbers. So I could see that happening mm-hmm. here too. Yeah. When uh, I briefly lived in Mexico back in 2000, and uh, not in Mexico City, but in a city called Querétaro, more in the center of the um, country, but we flew, tended to fly in and out of Mexico City. And so there are like makeshift built um, homes on the outskirts of the city built out of whatever... Um, discarded construction pieces they could find, like the metal wavy pieces. I don't know what those are called, but they would build little homes. The people would just build them on their own. And then apparently the laws there state that once there are, I forget how many homes even, even built like that established, then the city has to provide electricity and I believe plumbing. Cool. Yeah. So they just squat, build some little buildings and boom, the city has to provide. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need a complete overall here. Yeah. Like people just being homeless in the street and like wow. it, it being okay to shove them out of the homes that they've created is not okay. Yeah. Like we no. have so many empty houses, like all yeah. over the place or like abandoned hotels. Yeah. Like that haven't been open for forever. Like the, if you allow yeah. them to go in and renovate themselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I know Pittsburgh is not by far, not the only place to have done this, but we had homeless people living in tents underneath a uh, overpass yep. right near me. And they fenced that off and kicked them out. It's like, now what? That was providing extra shelter for them from the elements. Yep. And this happened several years ago. Just now they had to really be out in the elements. And and where? Like, they're not allowed to live in our parks right here, like down the street from me. So I don't know where they went. And the shelters are full. Mm-hmm. And I've got two shelters in walking distance from me. And they are constantly full. So the only thing that the men can do there, and it's only men there, the women's shelter is not near me. And there aren't as many women's shelters, of course, because there tend not to be quite as many homeless women, supposedly, 
you know, who knows for real, they actually, women probably get taken in by family members more than men do, especially women with children. I'm making that up. I, I don't know for sure, but, um, but yeah, so, oh, the, the men's shelters do provide food. So any man, homeless man can go get food, but they're too full to let any man sleep there. So what do they do in the winter? You know, when the temps are in the teens and twenties, Oh, all right. Sorry. That's off topic from that series, <laughs> but I was just impressed to see how the country tended to take care of them. Yeah. Food stamps just aren't enough. And you need a home, you need an address many times yep. not to get the food stamps. Yeah. And even people who are like borderline middle-class, they are barely scraping by. And yeah, so like- these people in the up series again from our perspective did not seem to be scraping by they all seemed to be fine and i'm i'm not sure about that but they didn't express oh like lynn for example uh said money's not a problem you can always Mm -hmm. find it and jackie you know she said Mm -hmm. because that there was some point where she couldn't work right she had rheumatoid arthritis but she also said that you know, in addition to the government assistance, she was lucky that she had a family member who could yeah. help when her benefits were cut. And yeah. she had the, the three little boys later in life. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. So, but uh, Lynn, she's the only one so far who has died. Yeah. Um, and it happened uh, in 2013. Mm-hmm. So... And so in 63, they spoke with her family and that was really, it's like, oh, that's a, that's great. A great way to yeah. continue the process or give us closure there mm-hmm. or. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. And it would be neat if they went back and spoke to her family in 70, because we've met her family before. Mm-hmm. So even though it wouldn't be catching up with what she's done, it would be catching up on her family, mm-hmm. which could be cute, you know, just for a couple of minutes. I don't want a mm-hmm. whole segment on her, yeah. but on them, but well, just a couple of minutes. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, it'd be fine to, to show what she had done over her life and then just let her family reminisce for two minutes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's the one thing I really enjoyed about the series is, yeah, we got to see them grow up, but I got really invested, like, as they were growing up, doing their own thing, having their own kids. I was like, Tony's a granddad? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it was it? It's like Neil and John also. I don't think they're the one. They don't have children. Yeah. Right. Oh, that is right. John never had kids. Mm-hmm interesting um oh so in 63 michael asked each of them if they believed that the theme that they had done about uh give me a child until he is seven and i'll give you the man i don't remember if that's the exact quote but it's along those lines he would ask each of them do you believe that's true and he didn't ask each one of them that, if I remember correctly. But I think the ones he did ask basically said, yes. They said, in my case, yes. 
And so I was wondering that throughout watching this, like thinking about myself. So first, I don't 100% remember myself at seven or younger. I mean, I remember quite a few things. Um, and so like on the one thing, one hand, I was thinking, no, I've changed dramatically. But then I thought, no, what I've the ages from which I've changed dramatically are from like nine and older. I am not who I was from nine or middle school or high school or even college and mid or throughout my twenties. I am not that person at all anymore. But seven, like then I wanted to be an artist and maybe a writer. And those things I'm still very attached to. When I was seven, I didn't care about what people thought of me. Not so much. You know, it was, I mean, I think all kids care a little bit, but I didn't care much. Um, I was doing sort of what I wanted to do. My parents had influence, but not nearly as much as they did starting when I was nine. Nine was a key thing, um, a key time. That's like when everything changed. Um, so maybe for me, that was true, but it took me a long time, as in decades, to get back to the type of person I was when I was seven. Have y'all thought about that for yourself? Yeah. And I also, you know, it's like, I don't really remember much, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we moved to Houston when I was eight. So it's mm -hmm. like, I remember more from then on, mm -hmm. but, you know, there, there are probably, you know, certain things about my personality. Yeah. I'm still quiet and shy mm -hmm. and <laughs> still an introvert. So <laughs> Like those kinds of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was less so then. I mean, I, I think you're pretty much always an introvert or an extrovert, but I was more outgoing when I was seven. Um, I liked being around people a little more than I like to now. Like there are times now when I really want to be around people, but not frequently. As an introvert, I need downtime but I was definitely more outgoing. Like I would voluntarily talk to people, you know, as opposed to sort of waiting. And obviously I am talkative, but, um, and you don't have to be an extrovert to be talkative. The introversion, extroversion just has to do with energy and needing to have downtime to re-energize. Shyness and introversion are two different things. I'm not shy. I just need downtime. <laughs> Court, what about you? I don't think I've changed that much. Um, well, when I was seven-ish, I remember wanting to be a doctor, like Dr. Heathcliff Constable, before we found out what a monster he, his portrayer is. Um, but then I wanted to be a doctor and a writer. And of course, it's more so the writing thing. I didn't do the doctor thing, unfortunately. Um, 
but I remember like one of my earliest memories is being in the library with my grandmother. She was an English teacher and she would always say, uh, you don't have to take all the books, just take a couple and we can come back and get more. I remember having my little bag and just stuffing books in there. And like maybe 20 years later, I remember one of my aunts, she was at the library with me and I was doing that same thing. I had my big bag mm. just stuffing books in there. So no, I haven't changed. And that, and I was still a movie fiend even back then. I told you guys before, yep. I used to read the TV guide. Family members would call, hey, oh, yeah. what's on? Yep. yep. So, yeah, I haven't changed. Yeah. It's definitely into movies back then, forever. Always yeah. into movies. I think I was already watching the Oscars. Like it might may have started like right yeah. then with my mom. She wouldn't let me stay up for the whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. So true. Some of those things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And a horror fiend. I started with Freddy Krueger early. Yeah. I don't know how. Like I've listened to a lot of horror podcasts and apparently we all watched them when we were, we were five. It's weird. Mm. I don't know who yeah. was like to watch that stuff. Yeah. See, I didn't start with the horror movies and stuff until later, you know, when um, 12 or so, when we, you know, when we got cable and all that. Because mm-hmm. um, I you saw know, that Jaws. Made it easy. Yes, very. Yeah, to watch things we technically weren't allowed to watch. Yeah. I saw Jaws in the theater. So, whatever time of year, so like, 75 I turned five uh six that year but I don't remember what time of year I saw it so I was either five or six but essentially six I turned six I I turned my birthday's in the summer so Mm -hmm. I think yeah it was summer movie right yes yeah I think yeah yeah so I was Mm -hmm. six then Mm -hmm. yeah they they took me to that yeah so is it just adults wanted to go see it and they were like she won't remember this it'll be fine yeah. I don't know. I mean, we had a nanny and grandparents who lived in town. Okay. So my, uh, oh, and my young, my three years younger than I am sister didn't go. So oh. clearly my, my mom left her somewhere. So I don't know why my mom took me to all these things. And both parents took, like, I saw Marathon Man in the theater and like, you know, pulling the teeth out. Yeah, that freaked me out. I saw all these things that were not good for kids, but they took me. Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mind because I've seen all these amazing movies that most people, even like our age, had to seek out on their own. And I'm like, yep, I saw that. I don't remember a thing about it except this part that traumatized me. Or, you know, I just don't remember any something. I don't remember anything at all if nothing traumatized me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I saw it. <laughs> yeah. The the movie that I saw way too many times and, and you know, way before I should have was uh, Clockwork Orange because it oh. was on HBO. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Pretty much watch it whenever it was on. <laughs> Uh, uh. Anyway, we've really gone <laughs> off track connected yeah. it's okay well connected mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. yep yep and you know and that's when i was staying up late on saturday and watching all the horror films all mm-hmm. the friday the 13th and all that those were fun yeah mm-hmm. then also i would stay up to watch um like the late late movie 
you know, like Channel 13, ABC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a classic film or whatever. Yes. That's how I saw black and white movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what time was the sign off back then? Was it at 3 a.m.? I like, feel like it was earlier, right? Yeah, maybe like yeah. one, one or, or two. two. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. It was not that late. Okay, because you said late movie, so like midnight, uh, eleven. Okay, because in the in Central Time Zone, the news was on at uh, ten. Now, if it was Saturday, then Saturday Night Live came on at ten thirty. So the late late movie would be on right after on. NBC mm-hmm. it would come on when Saturday Night Live was done on ABC it would come on earlier it would come on like 10 30 or 11 if okay. I'm remembering correctly that's obviously been a so. long time yeah. sounds right yeah <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> yeah but I, yeah I do remember oh, I was babysitting one night and um that's when I saw like, the Magnificent Seven oh. that that film yeah yeah i don't know and then of course you know saturday mornings the uh kung fu theater Mm -hmm. and and all of those oh and the uh the 50s horror movies oh yeah them with the giant ants and invasion of the body snatchers all all those those were saturday mornings them freaked me out that noise Mm -hmm. the sounds that the ants made oh my god that scared me like I got back into this one room at the house and I, I had to like keep my legs up on the bed. I just felt like they were going to come out from under the bed yeah. or something. It was so weird. But so that one came, wait, one of them came out in the seventies, unless that was a remake because I saw an ant movie, large ants in the theater and came home and was freaked out. Oh, okay. I don't know. So was there an original them Oh, yeah, from, that was from, black and white. Yes. Okay, yes. I saw one in color from the seventies. Yeah, because okay. they had all the creature features in the seventies too. Like that's when all yeah. like the B movies and like slugs and stuff was out again. Slugs. <laughs> yeah. Creepy piranha. Yeah, I remember those, and I remember when they they remade the Blob. Yeah, I love. I think both when versions. I was in college. Yeah. 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 Even though the Steve Steve McQueen version was better sorry it just was all right the 70s one must be called something else um mm-hmm. because all i'm seeing on imdb is uh-huh. from the 50s all right so 1970s and there was also that that made for tv movie with suzanne summers you know yeah. from the 70s with it, it was called ants Empire of Ants? Empire of the Ants. Oh. I think that's it. Shoot! Goddamn Nat. <laughs> Spring happens and all of a sudden it's got to be Empire of the Ants from 1977. Mm-hmm. Kelly, it just says it's also an Ants 1977. Yeah. yeah that's that's that the too. one. Season. That's made for TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw one in the theater, so it's it's Empire of the Ants. Yeah, v- based very loosely on the 1905, 19, yeah, 05 
uh, short story, Empire of the Ants, by H.G. Cool. Wells. Very the cool. film involves a group of prospective land buyers led by a land developer pitted against large mutated ants. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Ooh, Joan Collins. Ooh. That? Yes, Joan Collins, Robert Lansing, John Carson. Yeah, Joan Collins. Yep, we that's definitely it. Feature week. They, oh, that'd be good. Did they we'll throw in a 70s going. twist? in it and have were, were was there some radioactivity involved that well, I maybe think, wouldn't have I been in the original story probably was a nuclear thing yeah mm -hmm. well ready to discuss next week's uh choices sure. all right um <laughs> kind of called it blind spotting because we're looking at our blind spots in the um in our awards movie viewing we're looking at movies that have won awards in either the oscars or the spirit awards that we haven't seen and of course being on brand i chose a spirit award film <laughs> the, nice. and, but i had to go back to the very first spirit awards uh in in 1985 uh, or 1986 was the awards show in 1985 when the film was released and it's called After Hours and it's on HBO Max and it won Best Feature for uh, 1986, the very first Spirit Awards and also a movie that we have seen um, won Best First Feature and that was Spike Lee, She's Gotta Have It. But since we've seen that, I, that you know, that's just trivia, so. <laughs> okay, so what did After Hours win? best feature okay okay and kelly so i was looking at oscars at first i was looking at best picture and i had to go back to 1962 i think it was to find something i hadn't seen and it was available only on hulu live so i scratched that and that was a man for all seasons so I ended it. So it was hard to find something that I haven't seen and was available for quote free on one of our streaming services. So I ended up picking Taxi to the Dark Side um, produced by or yeah, or directed by I forget which Alex Gibney, who has done other documentaries that we like. I forget what I'll look it up in a sec. Yeah, I know so name. this, this one uh, best documentary uh, in 2008, and it's available on Amazon Prime. And Court? Uh, I was looking through, I ended up picking two, so you guys can watch either or, I'm going to watch both. Um, I've never seen Funny Girl with uh, Barbara Streisand. She won cool. in 1969 the Academy Award for Best Actress. I've never seen that. Um, and of course, my boy, Paul Newman, in 1986, he won for The Color of Money. I have never seen that movie somehow, and I don't know how that is. I feel like I turned it on at one point in time and just didn't watch it. Weird. Cool. But I'm going to watch both. Okay, cool. Okay, Alex Gibney just exec produced Tiger. Ag Agents of Change. Can we see that? The Innocence Files. How to Fix a Drug Scandal. Let me see if I can get over to actually produced. Yeah, he's just done so much. Mm -hmm. We did watch, or at least I've seen How to Fix a Drug Scandal. Mm -hmm. Dirty. Yeah, and I, I know I've seen Totally Under Control. And yeah, 
Yeah. Hip hop, the songs that shook America. Oh, I've seen that, that too. Good. Seen that series. Citizen K. Hmm. I've seen that. What's that about? Yeah, he's an excellent documentarian. Yeah. Cool. But okay. I tell you, whenever I see his last name, Gibney, mm-hmm. I think of Holly Gibney from The Outsider, played by Cynthia Rebo. That's Excellent. that's her last name in that. So yeah. sorry, yeah. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a more famous Gibney. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So my picks, Funny Girl is on Amazon. So it's on Prime Video. And The Color of Money is streaming for free under YouTube Movies. So it's not like one of the videos somebody's uploaded. It's actually a YouTube video, like YouTube Movies. Like they are streaming for free. Oh, okay. 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 All right. So, yeah, that'll be fun next week. (laughs) Yeah. We're catching up on the classics. We, We should do this more often, though, because I know there's lots that we haven't seen. So... Anyway, so enjoy and until next week, everybody geek on.